Hi, everyone. I'm Hal. Welcome to my donut house. Uh, I'm here to chat with a really, really good friend and one of the sweetest community leaders I've ever had the honor to meet. Her name is Jerry Ann Weisbrook or Jerry Ann Hanley Weisbrook. Uh, <laughs> what's up? How are you? How's your day going? What's going on? Hey, we are post soccer, post Boy Scouts and pre-dinner. So this is my sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like the end of my day. I started really early today and, and I try to I try to do things on Saturdays that I, I didn't have time for or need, couldn't do during the week. It's like my catch up day, but it's yeah. always relaxed because I never I never I try to give myself less pressure during the weekends, you know. Yeah, I take one Saturday and just grind like for 14 mm. hours. And then the other three Saturdays, I try really hard to not wear shoes. <laughs> uh, figuratively and literally, but uh, I yeah, like Saturday, that. they frown upon showing up barefoot. So we just went on. So I, I was, uh, I creeped on your profile, but we're friends. So I guess that's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, and underneath your person, your profile, under your name, it says, ever wonder if you could change the world? Step past your fear into your gifts. You'll find out. So what's that mean? What is that? Well, so I'm inherently a very shy, introverted person, which I've learned to overcome it. And so people always find that shocking. People who knew me in high school know that this is true. <clears throat> and uh, because of the work that I do in community building and leadership, I've been invited to a lot of places that are like, honestly, really scary for me, like corporate headquarters and public speaking on large stages. And my inclination is always say no every single time. Like there's someone out there better. There's someone more equipped. <laughs> there's someone jazzier. I'm giggling because I could so identify with this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's a million of us like that. And so I remember this one particular thing I, I had. I, there's a lot of money dangling in front of my face. And they said, but you have to show up at this place in person. And I'm like, I literally had had between my legs, like the deep breathing, uh, like all that terrified to show up. And a lot of kind of things bumped it up, like travel problems and people problems. Um, and I literally was at the airport and said, I'm not going. No, I, I just can't. I can't accept that I didn't want to embarrass my family. And so I went and it was life changing, not completely life changing for me, like completely life changing for me. It was the um, process where I kind of overcame for the most part, like this imposter syndrome and less than ism. Um, but for other people engaging with them and, and working together with them. Um, it changed their lives too. And it changed their worlds and how we shared experiences and knowledge and, and um, perspective on things. To this day, I mean, it's been years and years, but to this day, I still get goosebumps about conversations that we had in lobbies, all because I was able to, for just that moment, not run away in my fears and come up with some really great excuses to mm -hmm. be You know, and so... I wonder how many of us are out there that have these amazing gifts. And I don't necessarily put myself in that category of I have amazing gifts, but I know I have gifts and perspectives that help other people. They, they, the world is robbed because they're stopped by their own fear. Mm -hmm. And so I go on my Facebook profile fairly often, but I send a lot of people there. And part of it is because I don't want to like reiterate all the stuff that's on there. 
But part of it is I deal with a lot of, especially women in leadership who are at that point where I was at the, at the airport, like, I'm just going to go home and decide, do you want to step into a world that is scary, but needs your gifts desperately? Or do you want to stay in your own comfort zone and, and rob the world of your magic? So there it is. I, I love it. You know, I, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm reveling in joy over what you got out of that experience. But I think what's overwhelmingly more important for me is how many people you affected by doing that in, in a really, really positive way. Because it's like, I don't know if it's a real term or not. I, 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 I don't, I don't uh, purport to own anything I say. I stole it from somebody else. And I readily, I readily admit that. Um, but it's like I'm an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not even an extroverted introvert. I'm an introverted introvert, but I've had jobs where I had, like, no one wants to go on a building tour with someone who's like tripping over their own words and yeah. no one buys products. Like I, I used to tour a private school. And so all these potential parents enrolling their kids, well, I was hired to do accounting, but the poor lady went on, went on disability for six months and they just literally were like, well, you're a woman in the office. You must be equipped. And I wasn't, but I didn't figure out how to fake it, you know? Right. Yep. Like for me, I, anytime there's extroverted, any of that stuff, social stuff, I, I'm just like racked out the next day. I, I wish I could even get to the point where I'm an extroverted introvert. I'm like an introverted introvert who has learned how to fake it really well. Yeah, you know, that that may be where I'm at also. I, you know, I yeah. just don't know. But I know that there's parts of each part of my personality that fit, fit both of those categories. And it, I don't know if I bounce back and forth between one and the other, depending on the situation or my mood. Or maybe it's just <laughs> that, that I've learned to, like, I don't know, manage it, you know, to, to you know, growing up as a child, I was that I was that little kid in the corner. Yep. Remember, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me, right? And and I don't know if it was I was timid or I was scared or, or I, you know, I don't know why. I, I mean, the why doesn't really matter. I think what's really, really more important is what I can do about it today. And I, I was talking with a uh, person that I collaborate with. Uh, she's a wonderful certified community manager, and um, I she was she had a little bit of hesitation and willing being willing to step out there. And try the certification course because she she didn't think she could do it, and um, she has a very 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 busy home life, and you know we've been friends for a few years, and I'm like, come on, let's go, let's do it together, you know, and and so it's like, and guess what, she passed. She's now a, a certified community manager on Facebook, and you know she wasn't she wasn't familiar with Canva, and I said, come on, I'll add you to my profile. Let's go have some fun. I love Canva. Oh, me too. And it's just, it's just like, let's go play. Let's go make a silly, goofy slide together, you know? Yeah. And because I'm not a mentor. I don't consider myself a mentor. I consider myself a person that likes to get his hands in a whole bunch of things and have fun doing it. And, and, and I get a lot of joy and pleasure from it. And I hope that some people get something out of it, which I know they do. And I think they do. Um, and it's just go have some fun. Okay. Well, and don't be afraid to try things, right? Because you can't break the internet, no matter how many times you see Oh, I've it. tried. Oh, believe me, I've, I've tried. <laughs> I have tried also. You know, yep, and the yep. same thing like with Canva or anything else, like, oh, I can't do Zoom. Well, just push buttons. Like, you're not going to destroy anything. We right. don't own it, so you can't destroy it, right. right? And just, and I also think for me, I'm I'm a much better learner in teams 
and I'm a much better, um, like my growth curve is much, is it shallower if you do it faster or steeper? Better if I do it in, in, in a collaboration thing. I think people, um, and, I, and I think it's uh, people who are insecure and um, introverted. Mm-hmm. Both, it, it's really challenging to collaborate because they're like, I don't belong here or I've got nothing to add. Well, you know, Beatrix Potter has this quote that's about education. She says, I'm super paraphrasing it. You know, education sometimes is a matter of filling the mind with facts and figures and knowledge. And sometimes it's about allowing it to sift down and become part of our soul. And I think sometimes the collaboration in the teaching, you learn as much as you do in the learning and don't, don't jip the person who's teaching or is willing to like pull you along and say no, because you're afraid you're going to be less than, or you're going to be like, and I air quote that the weaker link, it, it's a working together. And then these amazing relationships form and friendships form. And, um, and I just challenge everybody who's listening to us talk today, right? Like when you get the opportunity to work with somebody, even if you think they're light years ahead of you, do it. Because if they are light years ahead of you, you're going to learn more than you could ever possibly teach yourself. And you might find out that they're not light years ahead of you. You just think they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that, Jerry. And I'm going to quote you on that, if you don't mind. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, because I had I, I had an opportunity to uh, do some uh, team learning. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know that I enjoyed mentoring, training, teaching people. I had no idea. I'm a retired firefighter that like putting fires out and, you know, cutting apart cars to help people. That was me. Right. And then I woke up one day, you know, like last year and I was like, okay, I can, I can, I can do that. And I, and I tried it and I'm like, at the end of it, at the end of the first live session that I met, that I ran, that I, that I trained people in, I felt like I drank like 3000 cups of coffee. I was so charged and so motivated and so excited. I ran out to the living room to my wife, Lorraine, and said, you can't believe what just happened. She's like, she knows what I do on Facebook and, and training and certifications and learning and all that. She has an idea. She, has, she doesn't have a lot of interest in it. But I came out like a ball of fire trying to explain to her how I felt after collaborating with a, a group of people on learning something. And I was the person that was sharing the experience because yes. I was scared. I, did, I had never done it before, yeah. but I did exactly what you say. I became willing to step out of that comfort zone and try yeah. something different. What was the worst that was going to happen? Hal, yeah, we're, we're thanks for your support, but uh, we're going to move on. You or know? you delete the post, right? But yeah, yeah, the... exactly. Well, um, you, you, I, I, you see so some many... of my live video things that I do, and like some of them are like, wow, he just messed that up bad. Because <laughs> I tend well, to be human. I love... I love seeing stuff like that because for me, like I leave a lot of my not awesome stuff out there um, because I want people to really be encouraged because, you know, I've been named a global leader. I've been named an international leader. Mm -hmm. I keep getting pulled into these things where they're like, you're the top of the top. And I'm thinking, you need to start looking sister, because (laughs) I'm the top of the top. Like I, and I literally used to say, man, I can't even get my laundry done. Well, I figured out how to get that done. But like, we do this to ourselves. We're like, I'm just, if I could remove a single word from the English language, it would be just. Yeah. Somebody told me a long, long time ago that they said, instead of saying why start saying, why not? Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
let's move on. Let's move on to um, the next phase because we t- we talked about the preliminary stuff. Well, I lo- we we could be here for like five hours talking. Phase. I see it already. Yeah. But anyway, hey G, help me use my group to impact the world. Let's chat about that for a moment. Yeah. Want to repeat that and tell me what what is that? Well, what, I just said KG, all the rest of it, I don't. Um, you know, so I run a support, a military support group on Facebook that went from online to uh, all over all 50 states and multiple countries. And people kept asking me, like, how do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do this? And I kept saying the same things over and over and over again. And so I created this Facebook page. Um so that I would say it once and they could all oh, they could watch it and discover it later on. Um, that's really what it is. And a big, big, big part of it is just encouraging people to take their chances, to uh, encourage them to see the uniqueness of their take. Because, you know, how many countries of how many countries, how many companies sell denim out there? Right. Levi started it. They're not even on the cutting edge anymore. Do they even make jeans? I, do they? I think they do, but who knows? I don't right. Know. <laughs> well, you know, and and denim was started for the gold rush because it was sturdy, mm-hmm. and the, the people who were sifting through for gold, you know, it would last a while. Now look at it, and how many different brands? I'm looking for a new pair of jeans. That's why it came to mind, right? How many different brands there are in sizes and designs and stuff like that, like. If all of the people who came after Levi said, oh, I can't because they did it first, or oh, I can't because they cornered the market, or oh, I can't, whatever, fill in the blank, I would not be wearing the jeans that I'm wearing. And if you're wearing jeans, probably not the jeans that you're wearing. And so just to really own it, that your perspective, your take and your approach to doing things, including building communities and impacting the world is unique. And there are people out there who need your particular pair of jeans because they're going to fit perfect. And don't underestimate your power to impact the world. And my favorite tool is Facebook groups because they're open 24 seven. They're always rolling out new tools. We do a very like, we don't do drama. We are the no drama mama ever for any reason. Um, And I think like understanding the power of social media, not to do knuckleheaded things like, you know, tie pod challenges come to mind or to <laughs> each other, but really to build these communities where people find each other and, and slowly change and impact their little piece of the world and ultimately a bigger piece of the world as time goes on. So that's AG. And I teach people how to do it. And the other part of it, I teach people how to tell stories in ways that um, my ideal is always I get you a little choked up. Because then you know that you've got the power of the emotion behind the event and you've connected with a human being on like a soul level. I'm really, really connecting on a soul level, super important to me. Um, and, and because I deal with nonprofits, nonprofits and governmental agencies. And so uh, no one really cares about the facts and figures until the facts and figures affect you, right? Like during COVID, everyone's like, ah, whatever side of the argument that you're on until someone you love dies or almost dies from it, then it becomes very personal, right? Like learning challenges or emotional challenges, fill in the blank, like cancer. Cancer was a word that, you know, of course I would like throw in my change to the bucket until I got cancer. And that was like, I lived my cancer. That's one thing. But when my husband got cancer, that's when the word cancer changed for me. Mm -hmm. And when we tell those stories, instead of one in four women are going to experience breast cancer, 
Well, let's talk about the time when you're doing a self-exam and that lump, that terrifying lump is there and the waiting and the testing and the sleepless nights and the, how do you tell people? Let's talk about that because that's the human factor. Mm-hmm. So that's what HG is about, those two pieces. I, I think that's, you know, it, just, it plays right into my... Um, Facebook has um, helped me formulate a mission of mine. And that is to relate what it means to be a part of a community. Yes. And identifying with each other, not because we happen to be in the same Zoom room or the same podcast or the same uh, whatever. I I see Jerry Ann commenting again, her name. No, I, I, I really didn't even, I didn't only see her name. I see, I see the person behind the name, the human being that has fears and anger and, and, and sadness and illness and family issues and money issues and health issues and all the same feelings that I go through. Right. And it's really my long-term going to be forever mission to mm-hmm. continue to connect the humanity part of us as a society on the digital platform. Because I, we can't lose that. If we lose yeah. that, we've lost everything. And it's, I just, I won't let it happen. I mean, I'm an individual on a mission. When I teach these classes and workshops and like whatever seminars, the thing I start with is, okay, everyone, I want you to close your eyes. And I literally watch for that person, you know, because there's always one. And I'm like, no, you in the third row back, close your eyes because I will wait. And so this entire room, close your eyes. Close your eyes and I really want you to picture somebody, not a name, right? Someone that you engage with, like my friend Kristen, who's longtime married, lost her mom, lost her dad tragically as a teenager, had to work her way through college, maneuvering her two sibling relationships, her only child, which she wanted more, right? Wanted to be a foster parent, that didn't work out, has so much life to give. That's one name on a screen, right? That's mm-hmm. one thumbnail. And when you consider that every single person, even the turdy people that like blast you, no one does that from a place of peace and happiness. And if we can close our eyes and just know that that person on the other side is just like you described, a human being with experiences that we'll never know about for that day. And if they're blowing us up, it's probably because what they need to hear is not a rebuttal. What they need to hear is, hey friend, are you okay? Because you just seem off today. Like there is no judgment in those two questions, question and a statement. You're okay, mm-hmm. you just seem off. Like what you want to say is, would you just blah, blah, blah. That never helps. Like if, if we could humanize social media, this bullying, this taunting, this judgy stuff would stop. The misinformation would stop because now you're lying to a friend. Yes. I, I'm, well, I, this is, it's nineteen eighty. I'm walking around. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in uh, advanced military. I'm in AIT after basic. I'm in Fort Sam Houston, in San Antonio, Texas. Nice. And I'm I'm walking downtown San Antonio, straight off the boat from Long Island, New York, not knowing anything about the culture, the lifestyle, or anything. But um, I, it's my first taste of freedom after basic training. Where'd you go to basic? Uh, Fort Leonard Wood. Missouri, yeah, ninety-one Charlie Combat Medic. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I share this story a lot. There was a, there's this there's this guy in a rocking chair. I mean, it's right out of the movies. There's a guy in a rocking chair in front of like a hardware store or whatever, and he's there. He's whittling. 
He's whittling a piece of wood, right? Now, remember, I'm off the boat from New York. This is like right. very unusual to me. First off, you don't sit in rocking chairs out on the main street. Second off, who the hell is whittling? Go buy the thing in the store. But anyway, <laughs> he's, I said to him, just out of, because, because I just did it, I used to say, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, you know, as you're walking by somebody, you say, how you doing? And you give them a nod or whatever. And he started to talk. <laughs> Something that doesn't happen on Long Island. No. And I learned a really, really, really valuable lesson. Uh, first part of it was that he said, well, fixing to go to raining. And I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. So I said, huh? He said, looked at me like, who are you? And I said, he said, it's fixing to go to raining. So I learned a new term straight off the boat in New York, fixing to, fixing to go <laughs> to rain. It was going to rain. The clouds were coming out. Right. It was going to rain. So I learned that. But the more important lesson was, when I asked him how he was doing, he expected me to stick around for an answer because he really wanted to know. Yes. And the lesson there is that if I really care about you as a person, as a human yeah. being with all those things that I talked about a minute ago, I need to ask you how you're doing and I need to stick around for an answer because I really want to know how you're doing. And when I listen to you, I don't want to listen to prepare what the proper response is going yes. to be to what you're saying. I need to listen to you to hear what you're saying. And live in the moment. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so the other okay. thing, yeah. the other thing about how you doing, lots of times people are going to say, okay. And you and I experienced this firsthand. You reached out at a time that was not a great time to be in the community that I'm in. And I did not immediately respond, one, because I was completely overwhelmed with what I had to get done and taking care of my own heart was not a priority because I knew I was pretty okay. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is when that emergent, urgent part peeled off, then there was like the emotional fallout. And if you're going to ask someone, how are they, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm okay. But your sense is that they're not. Wait a while and reach out again. And even if what you're reaching out to say is, hey, I'm just thinking about you, mm -hmm. stay front of mind, because sometimes that person on the other side of the screen or on the other side of your life does not have the capacity to engage in that conversation, but they need to know that you're there with them and they need to know that you care mm -hmm. because you might be the only person voicing it. Yes. This is all really 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 important stuff thank you okay so uh let's move on to the the next phase of this loving conversation i'm thoroughly enjoying it i hope you're enjoying it also what is the military mama's network well first it's military mama i get lots of mamas uh, Military Mama Network with M-A-M-A, -A, because I didn't know there were different spellings depending on where you were in the States. <laughs> um, it is a community of military families. It started out when my kid joined the Army. He's heard this so many times, he's probably sick of hearing it, but it's the truth. So I'm a Navy family. My parents met in the Navy. We're like eight, literally 18 generations of Navy back. Sister joined the Navy, brother was a Marine, nephew is Navy corpsman. Navy. So I know in the Navy, you say, Ura. you do not say, Hua. 
Right. So for those of you listening, it's a particular terminology that basically means yay. However, when you go into an army group as a little green army mom and you know nothing and you say, hurrah, you get your legs cut off from underneath you. <laughs> Whoa. I, I love just, it. Someone to teach me how to be an army mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know nothing. And at the time, the army created um, a Facebook group off of our training. This was like several years ago off of our training group and they ran it. But when our kids graduated, they left. And I all of a sudden was an administrator of a group. I didn't know really what groups were. I sure as heck didn't know what an administrator was. But what I knew is I didn't want anyone to experience what I experienced when I said Ura instead of Hua. And so we created, we were kind of like an ad hoc thing for a few months, but September 11th, um, about 11 o'clock at night central time. So it was already almost midnight on the East Coast we decided that we were gonna be official. We we're gonna create this group and this collaboration of like a half a dozen of us um, created this group and called ourselves Military Mama Network uh, with the intention that we would share knowledge. That was it, share knowledge. And like when we were up all night talking, we were talking to people that we knew were safe emotionally because it's hard to love someone who serves. I think it's, now it's expanded, right? It's hard to love someone that serves. It's hard to love first responders. It's hard to love, and that's hard to love them but the baggage that comes with it all, like, mm. hey, I love teachers. Teachers have a rough go of it. I love, mm-hmm. you know, I love people with mental wellness issues. I love special needs kids. Like, you know what I'm realizing? It, it's hard to love people that don't live in that like mainstream sort of milk toast. Box. Nothing goes wrong, but I don't think anyone exists in that box. I think we all think there's people in that box. That box is actually empty. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's hard to love someone who serves. And so we started to share information. And what we realized in the sharing, Hal, was that there were a lot of people who weren't getting what they needed from home. And then we realized that half of the people who enlist in the military enlist because they're never going to be able to get it at home because their families cannot. It's not that they don't love them with all their being. And some of them don't have families at all. And so they never get something with their name on it. I'm going to totally start crying. I've been telling the story for years and I still cry. They're never going to get something that says, I'm thinking of you. Like here, this is for you, not for your battalion, not for your platoon, not for your squad. This is for you. And I want you to know that someone in Illinois is thinking of you. Someone in California is thinking of you. And so that we're like, it birthed out of those two things. And within a year, what is our identity now will be our identity until we stop existing. Is that like, we're going to give good information. We're going to help those in need, whether it's trainees, deployed families or veterans. And we are going to stay with you as long as you want us to. And on the day that you don't want us to, we're going to wish you well. We're going to give you a hug, virtually or otherwise. And you're always going to remain part of our story. Because who you are and what you do matter to us. And we want you to know that. And that literally is the whole, the whole shebang. There's a lot of little pieces in between. but And it's super simple because our mission is very clear. Are you a U.S. military member or were you? Yes, then you're with us. No, then, hey, good luck, but this is not a community for you. You know, and we and we cater more towards enlisted than officers because the need is so much greater there. But then, you know, a year into me being like, ooh, my kid's in the army, West Point came knocking, recruited him, and now he's enlisted or he's an officer. But we're dealing with a lot of, you know, the people that he leads and they need us so desperately, if only to say, I promise you'll get through basic training. We did, you know, and I never want to get jaded. 
hell, I never want to be, well, you'll figure it out. It's not that hard. Like, just get busy. You'll be, I want to be 20 years from now. I want to get my throat thick and I want tears in the back of my eyes, understanding how scared I was that my kid was going to change when he served, how scared I was that my brother wasn't going to come back the same. I don't ever want to forget. And I don't want our mamas to ever forget that feeling of what if, and then when the what if happens, we better be there for them. And we better be there for them with everything that we've got for as long as they need us. One of the things that makes our group really, well, a couple of things really unique is we don't do drama. Like we just don't, we support the commander in chief, regardless of what party, what person, whatever, because in the end, our kids report to that person. And so whatever we think, if you're in leadership, it's a private thought because we need to have a united front around our commander in chief, which, you know, I mean, we've been doing this for a lot of years. There's been both sides of the aisle and there's been a lot of on both sides where you can support the person in leadership and not agree with them personally. You can support that role. But the other thing is that we really want to destigmatize mental wellness in the military and veteran community. We don't say oh, they made an unfortunate choice. We don't say they died suddenly at home. We say they committed suicide. We lost someone to suicide this week. I want people to know that they can come to our community and say that, and that they're not gonna be stigmatized and they're not gonna be less than that. We are going to weep with them as much as we do with someone who died in combat. And whether, and if you don't like that, then we are not the group for you. <laughs> I think, I don't, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you, you got me choked up here. I love this conversation. Um, I hate that it's needed, but I love this conversation. If, if that makes any sense, the um, I think there's four, three or four or five veteran suicides a day in the United States. Twenty-two. Hell. Twenty-two. That's not counting active duty, and that's only the states that report. That's, 20, that's 22 people. 22 souls lost. That 22 we moms, 22 moms, dads, children, parents, co-workers, friends, childhood buddies. They're not and a you number. Know you know their battle buddies are haunted. Haunted. And, you know, we, we've lost, I lost someone who I love to suicide. I will never be the same. We will never be the same. Our family will never be the same. We will never have holidays or events that will ever be as filled with joy as it was before we lost him, you know? And I think to that point, you know, just understand when you're talking about building community, you need to be really clear and really okay with, like choose to be okay with, these are our values. You know, our mission is to support our troops, veterans, and their families. One of our values is we will always honor the fallen, regardless of how they fell. The only exception to that is if they were killed in, the, in an act of a crime, right? We're not going to honor someone who murders suicide. We're not going to honor the guy who got shot down during a robbery, but anybody else. And like, know very clearly that there are going to be people who are going to be bent out of been out of line, been out of shape because your mission and your values don't match them. And if you can just hold that like with a loose hand and be like, that's okay. Cause there's a community out there that will match yours. We're never going to serve you. Well, we can't serve you well because you're so far out of our mission. 
right? Like, let me see if I can help you find someone that's more aligned with you. As a community leader, like we have to know what our vision and our mission is, or we're never, we're going to just be in the mud all the time. And being in the mud is really frustrating. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating for the leadership. It's frustrating for the people who are trying to share what you do, but it's also frustrating for the people that you want to support. So don't, if you're, you know, if you're like a cancer support group, don't, and your focus is breast cancer. I've got a friend who only does breast cancer, only does Texas, Texas breast cancer, bad warriors. She's not going to take someone with pancreatic cancer, but she's going to find somewhere for them or try, you know, like it's okay to say you don't fit here, but that doesn't mean that you're not valued. Mm-hmm. We value you enough to find a place that will serve you better. One of the most loving things you can do as a community leader is be honest and say, if you don't, you don't know, but I'll find somebody that does. Yep. Because somebody had the sincerity or willingness to reach out to you as a community leader. That comes with an obligation in my mind. Yep. Even if you have no idea they should, there's no way that they, why did they think I would know that? That's irrelevant. The fact is, is that they have a need. And if they're involved in your community in any way, shape, or form, you have an obligation to say, give me a minute. Let me do a little checking. I'll find, I'll find out where you can get that information for you. It's all about the solution. When so many people in society today, I think part of our problem as a society is people are stuck in the problem and don't yep. even think to look for the solution or help somebody with it. They need to read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Hello. Hello. I haven't read it, but I've heard a lot about it. Just read the highlights. You don't even need to read the whole book. Mm -hmm. Like win-win. Think win-win. There's always a win. Even if your win is, man, thanks for the confidence in me. I looked and I can't find help. I had to tell my brother that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He had a Facebook problem. I'm like, let me reach out to some people. Had to come back. I got nothing for you. Sorry. (laughs) Love you. I'll I'll give you my favorite answer to that. Call Uncle Mark. Right? People are starting to pick up on the fact that I call him Uncle Mark. I think it's hysterical. No, no, he is not my uncle, but it's just a term of endearment to the leader of this platform. But anyway, okay, we're at 50 minutes. I just got a couple more quickie things I'd like to throw at you. First off, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying this. And this podcast is going to be a top, top wanted uh, listening for people on the platform. So I'm really grateful for that. Okay, what's R.E.D. Red Friday? Uh. So Red Friday, our period, E period, D period is, remember everyone deployed. And so we wear red. And a lot of us wear red that says, remember everyone deployed. It makes it easy to have a conversation. But um, it is an international, actually, um, movement to remember and support our troops that are deployed. It's hard, man. It is really hard to be deployed. And if you think about that number, that 50% of them can't meet their basic needs, now they're deployed. And not only can't they meet it, they don't even know where to find it. Amazon has come a long way in solving that problem, but we still want them to know that we're thinking of them. So that's Red Friday. How many many members in this group? Uh, Currently, we're tapping on 21,000 in the main group, but we have a lot of subsidiary groups, which I'm super excited that that is a thing now. Um, in affiliate local groups. So our best guess is we're around 50,000 nationwide on and offline. I hope, I hope, I really hope you recognize the positive impact your dedication to this has on, on countless people. Probably not. 
You don't. Yeah. I, I just think about, I know where I want to be and where we, I have felt like I personally failed. So probably not, but I tell you what, there's a couple there. And I, here's the thing as a community leader, right? You just need a couple stories that you hang on to and think there's probably people like that, that I don't know about. And I, one of the things that really, uh, woke me up to that because we have we've done some amazing things I don't want to understate really awe-inspiring not internally like I am awe-inspired at what we have done as a community um we had a few commercial commercials that were created uh to tell the story of our community and they put a call out to military mamas within our network and said hey if you'd like to be part of this you know whatever shoot a film and and we'll maybe put you in it so I fly out to where they're filming and because uh, I had this little bit part uh and met people that were in our network and heavily invested in our network that I didn't even recognize their names I recognize them now but I like for me that was like a huge wake-up call that like you do not know you do not know who you are inspiring you do not know who you are motivating you do not know whose life you are touching and you're never going to know and you got to be okay with that and you got to just assume that there are people on the other side of the screen there are people on the other side of the story who are going to be inspired who are going to be motivated who are going to feel like they belong because you exist and you choose to be vulnerable and be a leader and like all the things that we've talked about that's the thing and, and I mean, the one particular commercial was getting shot at a really difficult time for me personally, really difficult time. And that is what got me through the difficult time as a human being and as a community leader, because I was really at the point of shutting. I, I don't know how many times I said in this three or four month period, like, I, I can't do this. I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to hand it off. I'm going to shut it down. If no one else steps up, I can't do this. It's more than I've got to give. But those people whose names I didn't even know, I'm like, oh, there's probably more out there like that. It's very humbling, I think, if you um, choose to lead communities from that perspective mm -hmm. instead of instead of I'm in charge. You know, Jerry Ann, it's really, really easy to manage a community when you think of the people as a list of names or a number of members. Yes. But when you create a community and love and nurture a community like Military Mama Network, where where you're doing everything you possibly can to see their humanity and feel their feelings and experience their experiences and support them in their day to day things, you're investing enormously in that whole concept. And that's where, dare I say, the most challenges come from. Oh, heck yeah. But on the other side. That's where the most personal rewards come from at the same time. Yeah. And it that, isn't necessarily going to be a, oh, you're such an amazing leader. Sometimes. No. <laughs> What'd you say about Navy people? <laughs> yeah, I'm, messing, I'm messing with you. <laughs> I know my sister's going to listen and be like, Rah. listen, sister, I got you to Army Navy game. So just stop. There you um, go. <laughs> yeah. I just think I, I Sometimes our biggest challenges are on the, you know, at, at that library moment or at that airport moment. I mean, our biggest challenges are going to be 
facing those people who are the harshest critics, feeling betrayed. Like, I hope that you do a, a podcast about that. Like, what do you do when you feel betrayed in leadership? And how do you get past it? And how do you keep your heart soft enough to lead? Because mm-hmm. for me, that's when I, I was very, it, was a, it would have been very easy to get hardened and to get jaded. I just peeled away my leadership team until I felt safe again and until they felt safe again. And you know what I noticed? Man, there's a lot of life lessons in community leadership. Mm-hmm. When I said, no, this person's gone because the value shifted enough that they're no longer aligned with who we are as a leadership team. And I, and I was very public about it. I was broken about it. I was sad. And honestly, I was scared. I, I was scared we were going to have to close down military mom and work as a result. And it was when I had the courage to step into that role, you know, the ugly role of leadership and say, hey, this is what happened. This is what we're doing. And we're going to talk about this once and then we're moving on. Um, where other people started talking about what had happened with them and this other person. I'm like, it's always, we give people courage by doing it, whether it's telling the story or making the decision or buying the jeans, whatever. Like when we tell our story, it gives other people the courage to tell theirs. And we don't have to get down and dirty in the mud. Like I just, you knew from this story that I told here that it was painful that it got to the point of the breaking point that somehow we got past it. You don't know any of the details, Mm -hmm. but you know, right? Like we don't have to drag someone else through the mud to share what we've learned and how we've grown. And I think, um, I think it's a really big challenge in community leadership where that balance is to tell the story enough that people get it. And not so much that you betray someone else's identity. It, you know, it, it, this this whole conversation, Jerry, and I think if there was like one topic that I could put my finger on, it, it almost sounds like bringing personal integrity to every situation, especially yeah. when it comes to computer, community leadership, because am I, am I, I'll, and I'll end it with this, this personal reflection question for myself, am I willing to hold a community of people to a level of integrity that I'm willing to live by myself so that I become a part of the example of what we strive for in our communities. I have to be willing to meet that level or I can't support it successfully. It might, it might work for a day or two or whatever, but eventually it's going to come back and bite me. So I really need to live by what my heart says is the right thing to do. Any closing thoughts? No, thanks. This is great. It's always too fast. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, just a little, it, we're hitting right at about an hour. I want to I wanna thank you, Jerry Ann Weisbrook of the Military Mama Network. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for serving those that serve us. Um, if you're listening here and you happen to see a veteran wearing a Vietnam veteran's cap at the, at the Quick Trip or the 7-Eleven, Buy him a cup of coffee. I saw one today. Air Force. I, 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 I just, it's a habit. Yeah. There's a wonderful thing to do here in Georgia. Uh, if you're in law enforcement or the, or emergency services, they don't, they don't allow you to pay for your coffee or your soda in these places. They just say no charge. They never wow. charge for it, which is really great, but they don't do the same thing for veterans. So no. I, I insist 
Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm paying for that coffee. You don't have a choice. You know what I do? Um, so we do this thing on Fridays. We've lost someone the week before. Like in that, we do a thing. It's called fall. We ask people to do an act of kindness mm-hmm. to honor their memory. Yeah. So I'll see a hat and like, we'll be at a restaurant or whatever. And I'll yeah. be like, pick up that guy's tab. Don't tell him. And like, let me just write a note on his check or her check. Right. Like, thanks for your service. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with a little heart in my NG. Uh, and it's so, first of all, because I get all stuttery, like I hold veterans in such high esteem. I'm going to totally get crying again. <laughs> I have a nasty habit of doing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I stutter. Like I can't, I can't even get out like, Hey, I do this thing for a living and I public speak for a living. That's my, that's my Achilles heel, you know? And so, and I also don't want them to have the opportunity to say no. Right. And so I love, uh, and literally I'm like, keep my card. And when they run, when you run it, run my information, if like their bill isn't ready or whatever, I, I t- it makes my day. It, yeah. it, I love it. It's, so it's, good day. The, here's the key. Okay. You're doing something not for the recognition or for the accolades or for the pat on the back. You're doing something because it's the right thing to do. Grand slam home run and taking an action like that. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. Ellie. Marianne Weisbrook, I'll see you in the groups. I love this. If, if we were close together and we weren't all dealing with COVID, I'd give you a great big hug. I'm really, really, really grateful that you took this hour to speak with us. I want to thank you once again. I really appreciate everything you shared with us. Thank you. Thank you.